హలో ఎవరి వన్ వెల్కమ్ టు ద ఓడోకాస్ట్ టుడే వీఆర్ హ్యావింగ్ చాప్టర్ సెవెన్ ఫ్రమ్ ద బుక్ హౌ టు డెవలప్ సెల్ఫ్ కాన్ఫిడెన్స్ అండ్ ఇన్ఫ్లుయెన్స్ పీపుల్ బై పబ్లిక్ స్పీకింగ్ బై డేర్ ఖానిగీ లెటర్ స్టార్ట్ ప్లాట్ఫామ్ ప్రజెంట్స్ అండ్ పర్సనాలిటీ ద ఖాన్గీ ఇన్స్టిట్యూట్ ఆఫ్ టెక్నాలజీ అట్ వన్ టైమ్ గ్రేవ్ ఇంటెలిజెంట్ టెస్ట్స్ టు వన్ హండ్రెడ్ ప్రామినెంట్ బిజినెస్ మ్యాన్ ద టెస్ట్ వాజ్ సిమిలర్ టు దోస్ యూజ్ ఇన్ ద ఆమీ జూనియర్ వార్ and the results led the institute to declare the personalities contributes more to business success than their superior intelligence that is very significant pronouncement very significant for the businessman very significant for the educator very significant for the professional man very significant for the speaker personality was exception for the preparation is probably the most important factor in public address in eloquent speaking declared albert hubbard it is the manner that wins not words rather it is a manner plus ideas but personality is the vague and elusive thing defying analysis like a perfume of the violet it is a whole combination of the person physical spiritual mental and traits predilections tendencies temperaments cast of mind vigor experience training and the whole life it is a complex of as einstein's theory of reality relativity almost as little understood a personality is determined by inheritance and environment and is extremely difficult to alter or improve that we can by taking thought strengthen it for to some extent and make it more forceful more attractive at any rate we can strive to get the utmost possible out of this strange thing that nature has given us the subject is of vast importance to every one of us the possibilities of improvement limited as they are are still large enough to warrant a discussion and investigations if you wish to make the most of your individual to go before your audience rested a tired speaker is not magnetic nor attractive don't make the of are too common error of putting off your preparation and planning until the very last moment and walking at a furious pace trying to make up for lost lost time if you do you're bound to store up bodily poisons and brain fatigues that will prove terrific drags holding you down sapping your vitality weaken both your brains and your nerves if you make much if you must make an important talk to a committee meeting at 4 have a light lunch if possible and the refreshment of a siesta rest that is what you need physical and mental nervous and nervous galadin farrar used to shock her newly made friends by saying good night and retiring early leaving them to talk remainder of the evening with her husband she knew the demands of her heart art Madam Nordica said that being a prima donna meant giving up everything one like social affairs friends tempting meals when you have to make an important talk beware of your hunger eat as sparingly as a saint on sundays afternoons henry ward beecher used to have crackers and milk at 5 nothing after that when i'm singing in the evening said madam melba i do not dine but have a very light repast at 5 o'clock consisting of the fish chicken and sweet sweet bread with a baked apple and a glass of water i always find myself very hungry hungry for supper when i get home from an opera or concert 
how wisely Melbourne Beecher acted. I never realized until after I became a professional speaker myself and tried to deliver a two-hour two talk each evening after having consumed a hearty meal. Experience taught me that I couldn't enjoy a fillet dissolved ox pumps natural nature and follow that by a beef steak and french fried potatoes and salads and vegetables and desserts and then stand up an hour afterward and do either myself or my subject or my body justice the blood that ought to have been in my brain was down in my stomach resting wrestling with steak and potatoes Badavsky was right he said when he ate what he wanted to eat before a concert the animal in him got uppermost that it even got into his fingertips and clogged and dulled his brain. When one speaker draws better than another, do nothing to dull your energy, its magnetic, vitality, aliveness, enthusiasm. They are almost the first qualities I have always sought for it. Employing speaker and instructions of speaking, people cluster around the energy speaker, the human dynamo of energy like will geese around a field of autumn wheat. I have often seen this illustrated by the open-air speaker in Heidi Park, London. A spot near Marble Arc entrance, his attendance was a speaker for every creed and color on a Sunday afternoon. One can take his choice and listen to the Catholic explaining the doctrine of infallible of pop to a socialist, profounding the economic gospel of Karl Marx to ending explaining why it is right and proper for a Mohammedan to have two wives and so on. Hundred crowds about one speaker while his neighbor has only a handful. Why? Is the topic always the adequate explanation or disparity between the drawing powers of different speakers? No. More often, explanation is to be found the speaker himself. He's more interested and consequently interested. He talks with a more life and spirit. He radiates vitality and animation. They always challenge attention. How are you affected by clothes? An inquiry was sent to a large group of people by psychologist and university president, always asking them the impression clothes made of them. All but unanimously, they testified that when they were well-groomed and faultless and immaculate attired, the knowledge of it, the feeling of it, had an effect which, while it was difficult to explain with still very definite very real, it gave them more confidence, brought them, increased faith in themselves, heightened their self-respect. They declared that what they had, the look of success, they found it easier to think success, to achieve success, such as the effect of clothes and the world himself. What effect do they have an audience? I have noticed time and again that if the speaker is man with baggy torsets, shapeless coat and footwear, fountain pen and pants peeping out of his breast pocket, a newspaper, a pipe and can of tobacco sticking out of the sides of his garments or if the woman with the ugly bulging purse with her slip showing I've noticed that the audience has a little respect for the person as a speaker as for his or her own appearance and they were likely to assume that the mind is sloppy as the unkempt hair, unpolished shoes or bulging handbags. One of the regrets of Grant's life when a journal when a general Lee came to the Appomattox courthouse to surrender his army, he was immaculately attired in a new uniform and at the side and at his side hung a sword of extraordinary value. Grant was coatless and swordless, 
and was wearing the shirt and trousers of a private, I must have contrasted what is strange. He wrote in his memory, memoirs, with a man so handsomely dressed, six feet high of the faultless form, the fact that he had not been appropriately attired for his historic occasion came to be one of the real regrets of Grant's life. The Department of Agriculture is Washington, his several hundred stands of beach on his experimental farm. Each hive has a largely magnifying glass built into it, and the interior came in flooded with electrical light by pressing on a button. So any moment, so any moment, night or day, these bees are liable to the subject of the minute scrutiny. A speaker is like that, is under the magnifying glass, he is in the spotlight, all eyes are upon him. The smallest disharmony in his personal appearance now looms up like pikes peak from the plains. Even before we speak, we all condemn or approve. A number of years ago, I was writing for the American magazine, the life story of a certain New York banker. I asked one of his friends to explain the reasons for his success. No small amount of it, he said, was due to the man's winning smile. At first thought, that man sounded like exaggeration, but I believe it is really true. Other men's scores of them, hundreds of them, may have had more experience and as a good financial judgment, but he had an additional asset. They didn't possess, he had the most agreeable personality and a warm, welcoming smile was one of the striking features of it. It gained one's confidence immediately. It secured one's good. Will instantly, we'll all want to see a man like that succeed and it is a real pleasure to give him an, our patronage. He who cannot smile, says a Chinese proverb, out not to keep a shop, and isn't a smile just as a welcome before an audience or behind a counter. I'm thinking now of a particular student who attended a course in the public speaking, conducted the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce. He always came out of before the audience with an aide that said he liked to be there, that he loved the job and was before him. Before him, he always smiled and acted as as if we were glad to see us, and so immediately and inevitably as the errors warms towards him and welcoming him, but had seen speakers who warmed out in a cold, perfunctory manner, as if they had disagreeable tasks to perform and would thank God when it was over. We in the, aud we in the audience were soon feeling the same way. These attitudes were contagious, like bickets light, Observes Professor Over Street in influencing human behavior. We were as inter are interested in our audience. There is a likelihood that our audience will be interested in us. If you scowl at our audience, there is every likelihood that inwards or outwards they will scowl at us. If you are a timid, rather frustrated, they likewise they lack confidence in us. If you are brazen and boastful, they will react with their own self-protective egotism. Even before we speak, we often we are condemned or approved. There is every reason, therefore, that we should make certain that our attitude is such as to elicit warmth response. Crowd your audience together. As a public lecturer, I have frequently spoken to a small audience scattered through a large hall in the afternoon and to the large audience packed into the small hall at night. The evening audience has laughed heartily at the same thing that brought out only smile the face of the afternoon group. The evening crowd has applauded generously at the very place where the afternoon gathering was utterly unresponsive. Why? 
for one thing the elderly women and the children that are likely to come in the afternoon cannot be expected to be as demonstrative as a more vigorous and discriminating even crowd but that is only a partial explanation the fact is that no audience will be easily moved when it's scattered nothing is so damn as enthusiastic as white or be spaces in empty chairs between the lace knots handy war breach aside in the wild lecture as speeches people often say do not think it is much more impressive to speak to large audience than a small one no i say i can speak just as well as tall person as thousand travel with a thousand around men close together so that they can touch each other but even thousand people with four feet of space between every two of them would be just as small as empty room crowd your audience together and you will set them off with half the effort a man with a large audience tends to lose his individuality to become a member of the crowd and swaying for more easy than he would be single individual he will laugh at it applaud things and would leave him unmoved if he were only one of half a dozen people isn't it it's far easier to get people to act as a body with that to, to act singly men going into battle for example invariable what to do the most dangerous and reckless thing in the world they want handle huddled together during the late war german soldiers were known to go into the battle at times with their arms locked about one another crowds 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 the curious phenomenon at great popular moments and reforms had been carried forward with the aid of the crowd mentality an interesting book on the subject of our dean martin the behavior of crowds if you are going to talk in small group we should we should choose a small room better to pack the aisles of small players than to have people scattered the lonely deadness faces of the large hall if you hear a scatter ask them to move down and front is seated near you in front of this before you start speaking unless the audience is fairly large one there is little reason and necessity of speaker to stand in performance door to get down on the small level of them stand near them break up all formality get on intimate contact make the thing conversational wage of pawn smash the windows heave the air fresh in the well known process of public speaking auxiliary gestures as essential to the rags thanks and human epiglottis all the inequities of situ and all feminize pulchitude in the music hall rockets rockets could hard keep an audience awake in the room punching the barrels why i'm why i'm on the number of speakers being big beckoning almost always ask the audience to stand up and rest for two minutes while the windows are thrown open for 14 years major james you want traveled all over the united states and canada as manager of henry ward breacher beecher when the famous brooklyn preacher was his flood tide and popular lecture before the audience assembled pond always visited the hall of church said theater of beecher was to appear rigorously inspected the lighting seating temperatures and the ventilation pond has been blustered roaring old army officer he loved to excel of salt so if the place was too warm the air was dead and he could not get the windows open he hurled books through them smashed and shattered the glass he believed the spring in the next best thing to the grace of god as preacher is the oxygen let there be light on your face unless you are demonstrating spiritualism before a group of people flood the room impossible with lights it is an easy to demonstrate domesticate a crowd at the development is in the half light room gloomy at the inside of the atmosphere hotel read david's blasco article in stage production and you will discover that the average speaker does not have the foggiest shadow of the ghost of idea command the importance of proper lighting let the light strike your face people want to see the subtle change out to play across your feature of the part and very real part of the process of self expression sometimes they mean more than the words if you stand directly under the light your face may dim by shadow if you stand directly in front of light it's sure to be would not be that a part of the wisdom to select them before they either speak that's part that will get with the most advantage in illumination no company on the platform and do not hide behind the table view people want to look at the whole man they may even lean on the aisle to see all of you some 
some well mean soul in pretty suit to give your tablet a water pitcher and a glass but if your throat becomes dry a pinch of salt or a taste of lemon with start of saliva again better than niagara you do not want the water not the pitcher neither do you want all the other useless and ugly impedimenta the clutter of the average platform the broadway sales rooms of the waves automobile makers of beautiful orderly pleasing style the paris officers of the large perfume perfumers and jewelers and artistically luxurious appointed why it is good business one has most respect most confident more admiration for the concern house like that for the same reason the speaker ought to have pleasing background the idea arrangement in my way of thinking would no would be no furniture at all nothing behind the speaker to attract attention as at either side of him nothing but a curtain of dark blue velvet but what does he usually have behind him maps and signs and tables perhaps a lot of dusty chair some piled on top of others and what is the result a cheap thoroughly disorderly atmosphere so clearly at the temporary away the most important thing in the public speaking said andrew is the man so let the speaker sand out like a snow clad tops of the junk floor towering against the blue skies of switzerland no guest on the platform i was when the london ontario when the prime minister of canada was speaking presented the janitor armed with a long pole started to ventilate the room moving about from window to window what happened the audience almost a man ignored the speaker for a little while and stared at the janitor as intensely if he had been performed some miracle an audience cannot resist or what comes the same thing it will not resist temptation to looks of moving objects if a speaker will only remember the truth he can save himself some some trouble and needless annoyance first he can refrain from twiddling his thumbs playing with his clothes and making like nervous movements that did had from him i remember seeing in new york audience watch well known speaker hand for half an hour while he spoke and playing with the covering of pulpit at the same time second the speaker should arrange if possible to have the audience seated so that they won't have their attention distracted seeing the late comers enter third he should have no guest on the platform a few years of raymond robbins delivered a serious talk brooklyn along with a number of others have invited to sit in platform with him and declined on the ground that he was unfair to the speaker I noted the first time how many of these guests shifted about and put on one leg over the other and back again and so on and every time one of them moved the audience looked away from the speaker to the guest I called Miss Robbins attention to this the next day during the remainders of his evening with us he was very wisely occupied the platform alone David Belecko did not permit the use of red flowers on the stage because they attract too much attention then why should a speaker permit a restless human being to sit facing the audience while he talks he shouldn't and he is the wise he won out of sitting down isn't it well the speaker himself not to sit facing the audience before he begins isn't it better to arrive a fresh exhibit than an old one but if we must sit let us be careful how we sit if you have seen men look around to find a chair with the modified movements of fox hound lying down for the night they turned around and when they did locate a chair they doubled up and flopped down into a wit on the self control of sack of sand a man who knows that he sit feels the chair strike the back of his legs and with his body easily erect from head to hips it seems to be with his body on perfect control hoys he just said a few page previously not to play with your clothes and jewelry because he attracted attention there is another reason also it gives an impression of weakness a lack of self control every movement that does not add to your presence detracts from it there are no neutral movements none so stand still and control yourself physically and that will give you an impression of mental control of wise 
after you have risen to address your audience do not be in the hurry to begin this is the hard mark of the mature take a deep breath look over your audience from a moment and if there is a noise or disturbance pause until it quiets quiets down hold your chest high but why wait until you get before the audience to do this why not do it daily in private then you will do it unconsciously in public no one man no not one man in ten said luther h click in his book the efficient lives and is himself says as look his best keep the neck pressed against the collar here is a daily exercise it recommends inhale slowly and strong as possible as the same time press the neck back from against the collar now hold it there of heart there is no harm in doing that is exaggerating way exaggerated way the object is to straighten out that part of the back which is directly between the shoulder this deepens the chest and what shall you do with your uh, hands forget them if they fall naturally to your sides that is idle if they feel like a bunch of bananas to you do not be deluded in imagining that anyone else is paying slightest attention to them and has the slightest interest in them they will look best hanging relaxed at your sides they will attract the minimum of attention there not even the hypocritical can criticizing the position besides they will be unhampered and free to flow naturally in gestures but the art just makes itself felt but suppose that you are very nervous and that you are putting them behind your back slowly them into your pockets or pressing them or stomach helps to relieve your self conscious why what should you do use your common sense i have had a number of celebration speakers in the generation many if you not put the hands into the pockets occasionally while speaking brain did it chosiam dipu did it Teddy Roosevelt did it. Events of fastidious Danny and Desiree sometimes come, succumb to his temptation, but the sky did not fall. And according to the weather report, if my memory serves me right, the sun came on time as usually the next morning. If a person has person has something to say worth while and say it contagious conviction, surely it will it will matter little what he does and his heart, hands and feet. If his hands is full and hard. third that secondary details will very largely take care of themselves after all the supremely important thing is making a talk in the psychological aspect of it not the position of hands and feet absurd antics taught in the name of gesture and it brings as very natural to the much abused question of gesture my first lesson in public speaking was given by the president of college in the midwest the lesson as i remembered it was chief chiefly concerned with gesturing it was not only useless but misleading and positive harmful i was sort to let my arm hang loosely at my sides palm facing the rear fingers half closed and thumb touching my head like i was drilled to bring the arm up in the graceful curve to make a classic swing with a trace and then up to up unfold the fourth finger first the second finger next the little finger last when the whole aesthetic and ornamental movement had been executed the arm was then to retrace the same graceful and unnatural curve and rest again by the side of the leg the whole performance would was wooden and affected there was nothing sensible or honest about it i was still to act as no one in his right mind ever acted everywhere anywhere there was no attempt whatever to get me to put on own individuality to my movements no attempt to spur me on the feeling like gesturing no endeavor to get the flow and blood of life in the process and make it natural and conscious and inevitable no urging me to let go to spontaneous to break through the self reserve to take an act like a human being you know the whole regrettable performance was a mechanical and typewriter typewriting as a lifeless as last years but badness a ridiculous as a punch and judy show it seems incredible that such absurd antics 
could have been taught in the 20th century, yet only a few years a book about gesturing uh, was published, a whole, whole book trying to make automatons out of men telling them with, with gesture to make on the sentence, which to make on that, which to make with the one hand, which which which, which with both, with, which to make higher, which to make medium, which to make low, how to hold the fingers and how to hold that. I have seen 20 men at the time standing before a class and reading the same word and oratorically select for such book that making precise the same gesture, precise the same word and all making themselves precise ridiculously. Artificial time killing mechanical injuries. It has brought the whole subject into disruptive with many people. The dean of large college in Massachusetts, 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 recently said that his institution had no course in public speaking because he had never seen one that was practical, one that taught how to speak sensible. My sympathy with all with the dean. Nine tenths of the stuff that have been written on justice have been based and worse than a waste of good white paper and good blanking. Any gesture that is gotten out of the book is very likely to look like it. The place to get it out of yourself, out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your own interest in the subject, out of your own desire to make someone else see as you see, as your own impulse. The only gestures that you worth, one, two, three, are those that are bora or spur of the instance. An ounce of spontaneity in the worth of ton of rules. Gesture is not the thing to put on you will like a dinner jacket, it's merely an outward expression in your condition just as our kisses and colic and laughter and sleep. Seasickness and the man's gesture like his toothbrush should be very personal things and so and as all people are different, the gestures will be individual, they will only act naturally. No two persons should be drilled to this gesture in precisely the same fashion. Imagine trying to make long, awkward, slowly thinking, link on gestures in the same fashion, as if the rapidly talking, impetuous and polished Douglas, it would be ridiculous. Lincoln, Lincoln, according to his biographer and law partner, Haddon, did not gesticulate as much with his hands as with his head. He used the latter frequently throwing it with whim this way and that, that movement was significant when he had sought to enforce his statement. It sometimes came with a quick jerk as if swing of electric sparks into combustible material. It never saw the air or rent space into tartars and rags of some writers do. He never acted for stage effect as he moved along with his speech. He became freer and less uneasy in the moments and to that extent was gracefully had to perfect naturalness and strong individuality and to that extent he was diff dignified. Despised glitter, so set form and sham. There was a word of meaning and emphasis in the long bow, bony finger and his right hand, and his rotted the ideas of the mind in his ear. Sometimes to express joy and pleasure, he would raise both the hands at the angle of about 50 degrees of the palms upwards. And if his if desire is embracing the spirit of that which he loved, if the sentiment was on of the destination, denunciation of slavery, for example, both arms tore upward, the fist clenches swept through the air, and expressed an excretion. That was truly sublime. This was one of the most effective gestures and signed more vividly fixed to remain to drag down the object of the high road and trample in the dust, in the dust. He always stood squarely on his feet, toe even with toe, that is, he never put up one foot before the other. He neither touched or leaned. 
or anything for support. He made for few changes in his position and attitudes. He never ranted, never walked backward and forward on the platform. He said, to ease his arms, he frequently caught hold with his left hand and the lapel of his coat, keeping his thumbs upright and leaving his right hand free to gesticulate. Saint Conan's caught him in just that attitude and sat which stands in Lincoln's Park, Chicago. Such was Lincoln's mother. Theodore Roosevelt was more vigorous, fiery, active, his whole face alive with feeling his clenched its entire body and instrument of expression. Brian often used an outstretched hand with open palm. Gladstone often struggled a table on or his open palm with his fist or stamped his foot with a resounding third and floor. Roosevelt used to raise his arms arm and bring it down with the bold sweep that he had tremendously force off, but there were force with first in the speaker's thought and convictions that was what made the just strong and spontaneous spontaneity life there are someone someone bottom of action brooke was anglo and ex- exceedingly awkward in his gesture pits on the air with his arms slightly clumsy clone saw handy hungry handicapped by lame leg and decided odd moments lord macaulay's action at the platform was ungainly so were grand grattons so were parnells dancer with the then appeared to be the late Lord Curzon at Cambridge University in address of the permanently eloquence. The great public speakers make their own gestures. And the, the great orator is doubtless aid with a handsome exterior and graceful action. It does not matter very much if it happened to the ugly and awkward. Many years ago, I heard the famous Gypsy Smith preach. I was enthralled by the eloquence of his man who had led so many thousands of Christ, he used gestures, lots of them, and was no more conscious and them than of the air he breathed, breathed. Such is the ideal way, and such is the way you will find yourself making gestures if you but practice and apply these pra- principles. I cannot give you a rules for gesturing for everything depending upon the temperament, temperament of the speaker upon this preparation, his enthusiasm, his personality, the subject, the audience, the occasion, suggestions that may prove helpful. Here are, however, a few limited suggestions that may prove useful. Do not repeat one gesture until it becomes a monotonous. Do not make short jerky movement from the elbow. The movement from the shoulder looks better on the platform. Do not end your gesture too quickly if you are using the index finger to drive home your thought. Do not be afraid to hold the gesture through an entire sentence. The failure to do this is very common error and serious one. It distorts your emphasis, making small things unimportant, truly important points seem trivial by comparison. When you're doing real speaking before a real audience, make only the gesture that come natural. By trial you're practicing, force yourself if necessary to use gestures. Force yourself to do it, and the doing it will so awaken and stimulate you that gestures will soon be coining on south. Set your book. You cannot learn justice from printing page. Your own impulses as you are speaking, as the more you trust it, more valuable than anything an instructor can possibly tell you. If you forget all else we have say, said about gesture and delivery, remember this. If a man is so wrapped up in what he has to say, if he is so eager to get his message across, he forgets himself and talks and acts spontaneously, then this gesture has delivered unstudied thought they may be very likely to be almost about criticism. If you don't this, walk up to a man and knock him down. You will probably discover that when he regains his feet, 
but talks it delivers will be well night flawless as a gem of eloquence here are the best 11 words i've heard i've heard read on the subject of delivery fill up the barrel knock out the bung let nature caper summary of this chapter according to the experiments conducted by conning institute of technology technology personality has more to do business success that has superior knowledge this pronouncement is a true speaking as a business personality however is a such tangible elusive mystery thing that it is almost impossible to give directions of for developing it but some of the suggestions given in the chapter will help a speaker to appear at his best don't speak when you're tired rest recuperate store up a reserve of energy eat sparingly before you speak do nothing to dull your energy it is magnetic people cluster around the energetic speaker likewise geese around a field of autumn wheat dress neatly attractively the consciousness of being well dressed heightens one's self respect increases self confidence if a speaker has baggy trousers and cam shoes and groomed hair fountain pen and pencils peeping out of his coat pocket or a bulging alcoholic handbag audience is liable to feel as little respect for the person as he seems to feel for himself smile come before you hear us with an attitude that seems to say you are glad to be there like bigots like say professor or street if you are interested in your audience there is every livelihood that our audience will be interested in us even before we speak we often we are condemned or reproved there is every reason therefore that he should make certain that our attitude is such realistic warmth response count your audience before no group is easily influenced when it is scattered an individual as a member of compact audience will laugh at applaud and approve approve things then he might question oppose oppose if he were addressed singly or if he were one of the groups scattered through a large room if you are speaking to a small group pack them in a small room don't stand on a platform get on on same level with them make your talk intimate informal conversational keep the air fresh flood the place with light stand so that light will fall directly in your face so all your features can see don't stand behind furniture push the tables and chairs to aside clear away all unsightly 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 signs and thumb thumbery that often clutter up a platform if you had guest on the platform then you're sure to move occasionally and each time they make the slightest movement they are certain to seize the attention of your hearer an audience cannot resist the temptation to look at the moving object or animal or person or so why store up trouble and create competition for yourself this is the chapter 7 platform presence and personality from the book how to develop self confidence and influence people by public speaking by dale carnegie thank you for listening